Hi, I'm Lanny, and this is The World As It Is Today. So solo here today, Ched is at work. Uh, we didn't have time to get an episode recorded this week, but I didn't want to leave you guys hanging. So here I am just to give you a quick update on what's going on on our homestead and in our lives. So last weekend, Saturday, we had a wonderful guest from California come and visit us. You might know her, Monica Perez from the Propaganda Report, formerly, and now Deep Dives with Monica Perez. Um, she and her son, who goes by Fat Mitch online, came and visited. I think he just turned 17. Awesome kid. Monica, just as warm and friendly as you would imagine from listening to her. She was so nice, and it was just like this really natural hangout where I felt like we'd known each other for so long. Um, I've been listening to the prop report since 2019 and I started writing Monica early 2020 and we've been kind of pen pals, internet friends since then. I've been on her podcast before with Chud and um, done a few, well actually you probably heard because we, we met Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pilled on a call with Monica. So that was um, pretty awesome, like a Zoom patron party thing that they did. And Adam was there, and that's how we connected with Adam. So uh, a lot of credit to her for getting us involved in the online community, and this podcast probably wouldn't be happening without me um, interacting. Well, really, Chud writing her first and then encouraging me to write her back in early 2020. So awesome. Um, if you want to hear Monica's takeaways from her trip, she came here to Bellingham and then she drove down to um, Adams Homestead in Oregon. And I think I visited another friend's farm uh, in Portland area, Blueberry Farm. If you want to hear her takeaways, you can listen to her latest episode on Deep Dives with Monica Perez. And you can find that wherever podcasts are. Um, I'll try to link to that in the description of this um, episode as well. Um, so yeah, that was a super fun trip. I'm going to save any details for another time so that I can talk about it when Chud is here. We've barely had a chance to reflect on that, um, visit because we've been so busy since then. Then, um, Sunday after she was here visiting, um, we harvested all of our carrots and I canned those. So that was Chud worked that day. I picked all the carrots and then um, worked on canning them all day. I got 24 pints of carrots. And I've never, I don't know, I don't think to eat cooked carrots unless I'm adding them as an ingredient. So usually like carrots will go in chicken soup or in a stew or something like that. But uh, I never think of just like a side of carrots that are cooked. Um, but I'm thinking that we can make that work this year because I've already fermented like two gallons of carrot sticks. And those are great. They're kind of like pickles. They're still really snappy. Those will be awesome for the whole year. I've also made my taqueria fermented um, taqueria pickle mix, which is like jalapenos and onions and carrots. Um, so I'm running out of ideas with all the carrots we grew this year, which is a great problem to have. You know, we've been eating them fresh. Uh, the baby grabs one every time we go outside. But I just harvested the rest of them because they were getting kind of big. And when they get too big, they get kind of woody. So I just chopped them all up and I raw packed... Um, which is not, it's not a sexual thing. That's, that's not, get your mind out of the gutter, guys. That's a term for canning. So you put the food into the jars raw, and then I ladled hot water over. I put like a fourth of a teaspoon of honey, like this little tiny drip of honey, and a little tiny bit of salt, and um, filled those with boiling water, 
put the lids on and I pressure can them. And so the whole thing was pretty smooth. My pressure canner is awesome. It fits um, 16 pints in it at a time. So I was able to do this in two loads and it takes all day. It's a long process. You gotta let the canner cool down again before you take the jars back out. So even if the processing time is like, I think it was only like 20 minutes. No, it was longer than that. I can't remember because I've done other canning jobs since then, but you also have to let it cool down so it takes like a, an extra hour in between. I think if I was going to step up my canning game, I'd probably want to get a second pressure canner so that I could do two batches of stuff at least at one, you know, at one time. Um, it would it would change things quite a bit. Now, if you're already heating your kitchen up, you might as well make it worth it. So anyway, I got those done and then... Uh, apples, apples are on their way out. It's a little early this year. Um, we do have a, an early variety of apples called transparents. Those are, um, it's our, one of our, I think it's our biggest apple tree really. It's got a huge yield. Um, those come early. Those are spring, you know, early summer apples. And so we've been using those for a while. I've made applesauce and lots of fresh eating apples. And, um, I made apple pie filling and then our other two smaller trees are now coming ripe. One is almost done and the other is just kind of getting going now. Um, that seems early to me. I feel like it's a little bit into September usually when we're dealing with those, but maybe my memory is not serving me right. Um, so I have more apples to do. I think I'm going to do some canned applesauce this year, although I don't, I didn't last year, but I did the year before. Um, we just, I don't think to pull it out very often, but if I make an effort to remember to use it, then it will be good. I think the baby will really like it, and so will our nine, almost nine-year-old. Um, but then I just tried my hand at canning apple slices. So I've done this with pears, you know, canned, think of canned fruit from the store, fruit cocktail, whatever. Same idea. You get light syrup or heavy syrup. So I just made a really, really light syrup with a little bit of honey in some water. And I canned straight apple slices. I peeled them and chopped them into like six slices, took the core out. Um, and then you heat, this is with a water bath canner, not a pressure canner. And so I, um, heated all those up and filled the jars. I got seven quarts of apple slices yesterday and that can be just eaten straight out of the jar or I can use those to make like apple pancakes or uh, apple fritters or anything you would add apple to that's going to be cooked anyway. Um, and if they're too mushy and the texture's not good, which I'm not going to be sure of that until I take them out of the jar. Uh, when we're ready to eat them, then I can just mash them up and, and make applesauce from those slices and there's not going to be any harm there. Um, so that's kind of an experiment because I'm not sure if we'll like them. We definitely like the canned um, pears that I make. Like that's one of our favorite things we ate. I mean, I, I don't even remember how many cans I did last year, like 48. And we have like 10 left. So um, we ate a lot of those this year. Um, probably if I would can more, I would know I could do that more often. We'd be eating a couple of cans of pears a week. So I'm going to try my best to do as many canned pears as possible this year because they're so good. Um, and I probably could find other ways of using those too. So, um, then Chud had a, a couple days off work and what did we do? We, we worked in the yard. Um, he did a full like maintenance on the tractor. So he changed the oils and fluids and filters and torqued everything to spec and greased all of the spots that need greased. He can explain this differently to you than I can. I just watched from the window and was like, oh, that's hot. But anyway, 
Um, he takes really good care of the tractor and that's something that I'm very proud of him for because just keeping up on that maintenance since we got it brand new, he like knows that tractor better than you would if you either handed that off to somebody else to do, or if you, um, just didn't do that, you know, you could probably get by for going a little longer, just like with your car. They tell you to change your oil every 2000 miles or whatever. You can go longer than that. It's fine. But by keeping up on it like this, he's really learning the tractor. And we've had it now for, I think it's three years. 2021, 20, 22. Yes, I think September makes three years of owning the tractor. And he's taken amazing care of it. All the notes are in the manual of everything he's ever done. So that increases the resale value if we were going to go that route. Or it just makes it so this well-oiled machine is going to be running for a very long time. So I'm really happy with that. And he's gearing up to do a big mow of the back pasture soon. So I know that he wanted to have that done before. And I think it's 500 hours. I don't quote me on that. He's got a certain number of hours that he was, cause that, uh, tractors go by hours instead of miles. So he was doing the maintenance that was spe specifically for the amount of hours he has on the tractor. Um, so, and then I also did some fall planting during that time. Um, Chud got me some compost that's all finished that we've been composting and ready to use. And I spread it out on the spots where I took the carrots and beets out of the garden and I replanted. I planted carrots in the spots where the beets were and I planted beets in the spots that the carrots were previously, just to try to give the ground some change. You know, I don't know much more than the word crop rotation, but I do know that the same uh, crops in the same areas can invite certain pests or deplete the soil of certain nutrients or put too much of something else in. So I just kind of move things around with the space that I have. Um, so hopefully that'll be a fall crop of carrots and beets. And then I've got um, already got some kale and some cabbage going for a fall crop as well. And I hope to get some broccoli and some lettuce in the ground too, and maybe some peas, some climbing peas. Um, we have corn that's about ready to harvest and I hope to just use that for fresh eating because it's not that much and I still have canned corn from last year that I can and it's really good but I just don't think to use it. We don't use a lot of canned corn. So again, I need to use that up this year. Canned food will last longer than a year. I mean, the goal is to eat everything within the year, I would say, because then you can replenish it with new stuff that you're growing and keep things fresh. But as long as you don't lose track of, you know, putting new jars of stuff in front of old stuff and just burying it and never using it, um, two years is going to be fine. So I, I plan to use that corn up over the next year. And this corn we have, these ears of corn, hopefully we can, they're good enough for fresh eating. I haven't been that great at growing corn previously. I don't know why. It's harder than it looks um, when you're not spraying and stuff, but everything, they look like big fat ears of corn like you're expecting. So I just haven't opened one up to see for sure yet or to taste it. I hope it's sweet and juicy. And it's one of my son's favorites when, when it's good. So that will be great. Um, yeah, we've got, what else? Um, Chud took uh, our eight, almost nine-year-old up to Mount Baker to go hiking yesterday. So again, um, if you want to see some photos of that, if you're not following him on Instagram, it's a private account, but go follow him. He'll, he'll accept your request to follow. Mr. Chud X Indeed on Instagram. He posted some pictures of them up on the on Mount Baker, checking out the cool, some cool stuff. It sounds like it was a really great day. I stayed down here with the little guy, and that's when I canned my apple slices. Um, but yeah, all in all, a good weekend in the middle of the week, like Chud has. And now he's back to work today, and we still hadn't had a chance to record an episode, and that's why I thought I better sit down for just a second and put something out here. 
Um, so today I'm going to the water slides again. You might've heard our other episode about our local water slides and wonder why I'm going back to the water slides. Well, my mom really wanted to take um, her grandkids and wanted to treat us to the day and invite my cousin and her kids uh, that live, you know, 45 minutes away from us to come up. And so I'm going, um, I am bringing a tank top to wear over my swimsuit so that my back doesn't get a blistering sunburn like last time from the radiation of the 5G towers. Uh, but hopefully it's a little more mellow this time because there hasn't been the crazy spring uh, in the sky that there uh, was leading up to our last trip to the water slides. And um, my older son has already left to go there and they're getting there at opening time. I'm waiting for the baby to wake up naturally and then take him because last time when I woke him up before he was ready and we went, he was like not having fun. Uh, so sleep is pretty important uh, for everybody, but especially when you're almost two and you're growing as fast as he's growing. So I'm just going to let him sleep until he's ready to wake up and then we'll jump in the car and head out to the water slides in Birch Bay. So um, hopefully I'll have more fun this time than last time. Go down a few more slides. Hopefully I'll get the baby to go down a slide with me. That will be fun for sure. And uh, then maybe we'll be home around the same time Chud's home from work or a little after. So, oh, another thing I wanted to mention is we had slaughtered all those uh, meat birds. We've talked a little bit about that here and also on our other podcast, Feed the Beauty, which you can find that. It's just got its own RSS feed, Feed the Beauty. Um, so we, fi I finally cooked our first meal with our chicken. So I used uh, some chicken breasts that I had separated out and I made a green Thai curry and it was really, really good. The chicken was noticeably better than when I make that same dish from chicken breast from the store. It was more tender and had a more pleasant flavor. It was, you know, honestly, we don't like chicken that much from the store. Uh, there's, you know, a time and a place where it fits well with something I'm making. Um, but honestly, the most I like chicken for is to get a whole bird so that I can make broth and chicken soup. So this was, this was noticeably better. And those breasts were, they're huge. They're like, it was like two pounds for two, like they're a pound each. So, um, I'm pretty pleased with that. I've got some more thawing in the fridge, which I'm either going to make chicken Parmesan or I'm going to try my hand at chicken nuggets. Uh, with some kind of a sourdough batter. Uh, I'm still doing research on that because I want to figure out how I can use my sourdough starter to make a batter for um, breading. Um, I want to do that so that I can let the baby try these um, chicken nuggets that I make because he's never had anything like that before and I'm not giving him uh, grain that hasn't been soaked, sprouted, or fermented. So the, the only bread he's had so far is the sourdough that I've made. And it's just because he's not even two yet. And he's still, you know, trying new things. And I just want to make sure his gut and his microbiome gets the best start possible before he goes full into the poison culture that we inevitably live in and, and can't fully control. So I'm, um, I'm wanting to make these so the whole family can eat them. And I have a lot of lard that I've rendered that I can fry them in so that they'll be really good and like not, no poison seed oils, no crappy glyphosate flour, just uh, real homegrown chicken, sourdough breading and lard that I rendered. And that would feel pretty good. So um, working on that. And, uh, and then we'll do a whole bird. I do have a few that I saved whole. We'll do a whole roast chicken dinner for something, for a special dinner. Um, I think I'm planning to do that at the solstice. Um, so is that the right one? Yes. Um, so 
solstice or equinox. I always confuse those. And then Chud's not here to correct me. And then it just sounds sad as I talk to myself here. <laughs> so and um, when when uh, summer turns to autumn in September, well, we're going to roast, uh, celebrate and roast a, a bird and hopefully have our own root vegetables to go with that. Um, something that I'm looking forward to learning about here, planting garlic. I want to try to do that and have it over winter. I've never done garlic and I know that's like almost embarrassing because we use it in everything. I don't know why I get certain things in my head, like it's going to be too hard or I'm going to need to learn more before I can start. And then whenever that happens to me, if I just go forward with whatever it is that I've been worried about, it just, it just happens. And like, maybe I make a mistake and I learn from it and then I'm fine. So that's kind of like sourdough was for me. I didn't do it for the longest time. And I was like, oh, it's going to be a hassle. I'm going to need to learn too much. And then in January, I just went for it. And now here I am less than a year later, like making really, really good bread, bagels, everything we make now at home, like all the bread products that I used to buy and stuff are now made at home. And so I'm just buying flour. And um, all the stuff is I can afford to have be organic because I can afford organic flour. I can't afford artisanal organic bread from the store like pre-made you know it's like 10 bucks a loaf or more uh so it's it's been really good so why don't try just jumping in with garlic so i need to find some seed garlic and understand what that means or what they call it is it seed garlic is bulbs like i don't know so I think you put it in the ground um, late into the fall and then leave it over winter and it comes up in the spring. And if that's the case, that's very exciting because then I'm doing some work now for benefit later, which I always love that. I mean, that's why I love canning and I love um, pre-planning with meals and, and, and freezing extra stuff because then when I don't feel like being you know, on, on it that day when I'm not really wanting to put in a lot of effort. I have all of the efforts I've already put in to enjoy. So not only do I get to take a break, but I also get to feel good about taking that break because the, the fruits of my labor are still being enjoyed. It's not, I didn't have to go out and get a pizza. I could, I could just, uh, you know, pop open a few cans of something and heat them up and, and have dinner ready for the family. Same, same goes for the garden. If I can plant some stuff now and be, Enjoying that coming up next spring early. I'm going to be really excited about that. Gardening is crazy because like you only have once a year to give it a try. You know, you can plant, you know, a few times within your growing season, depending on where you live. We should ideally here, I'll be getting three plantings. I'll have my spring planting summer and then fall. Um, but it's just once a year that I get to do a spring planting. It's once a year that I get to do a summer planting and a fall planting. So it's kind of like this whirlwind of doing things and trial and error and a bunch of lessons learned. And then this like winter time to just rest and reflect on that and plan and scheme and dream about what's going to happen next year. And it's, it's really cool and exciting. And I think the more I've become connected with gardening and growing things, the more I'm becoming connected with the cycles of this realm that we live in, you know, um, the different seasons and different moon cycles and all of that. And it's, it's been, I think really, really good for me and my family. So super happy about that. Um, so fingers crossed that the fall garden does well. We still have zucchini. We still have potatoes going. We have that corn. We have a bunch of beans that I'm letting go to get big. Cause I already use a lot of them when they were small and tasty and now they're getting big and fibrous. I'm going to wait until they're big enough that I can pop the pods open and try to dry and save the beans inside. And I need to do a little research on how to do that because I'm not sure like 
when you save dried beans, is this a, only a certain variety or is there a certain way you need to preserve them? I have absolutely no idea. I'm totally winging it, but I know inside of those pods, there's things that look like beans that are like, look like dried beans from the store. So there's gotta be something there. And I will just start to cross that bridge when I get there and do a little research um, as I'm picking beans. Oh, our tomatoes went crazy. They got really big when we went to visit Adam over like the three day period we were gone and they like exploded outside of their cages and they're just like this big mess that's hanging over everything, but they're loaded. So I'm watching those really carefully to make sure I pick as I go because I don't want rotting tomatoes on the ground. It's just gonna promote more rotten, rotten fruit um, if I let them go to the ground because of the way they're not very well groomed. Next year, my goal is to be pruning the uh, tomato plants as they grow because I know they're, I think they call them suckers. There's like certain branches that you can cut that aren't going to bear fruit. I just don't know which ones those are. And I have never been confident in that. So I'd love it if I could meet somebody who is really good with tomatoes that has a lot of experience. We have a few friends, you know, like in the freedom community that um, are like master gardeners. Maybe I'll take some advice from them and then f and modify that to fit my feelings because oftentimes people who are schooled gardeners have a different way of doing things than people who are just practiced gardeners. Um, and I think that there is validity and benefit to both of those opinions or ways of doing things. So hopefully I can get some information from real people who've done those things. Also, if you're listening and you've ever processed walnuts, I want to t hear from you. We have walnut trees and I'm not sure how to go about processing those. I know you got to like let the husks, you know, rot off or peel them off. There's a lot of different information online. Um, I want to try to preserve at least some of these walnuts this year to see, get an understanding of how to do that. So if you've ever processed walnuts, that means picked fresh walnuts off of a tree and dried them or whatever and saved them so that they were good to go in the winter, I would love to hear from you. Um, Monica did mention something about, she called it a fetal walnut, which sounds rad, but like immature walnuts green from the tree and then preserved in some kind of syrup and then maybe you eat the whole thing. I was gonna look into that because I've never heard of anything like that and that sounds exciting because I like the idea of submerging things in liquid and putting them in jars, as you know from my fermentation um, obsession. But um, I think we might be past that point. I think the walnuts are probably too mature to be able to do that right now. Um, so I'm not sure if that'll work this year, but I want to research that anyway because that would be pretty awesome to do. So... Lastly, I do not have any workshops coming up scheduled at this time. I'm going to take this time to reflect on the success of those workshops and what I want to do moving forward and planning my next workshops, which will be bone broth and canning and sourdough. Those are the next three that I'm working on material for. I had the material for the bone broth workshop because I've done that in person a few times. Um, but I want to like put a little more thought into how I'm going to translate that into an online thing where people are unable to taste things, smell things and, and look closely into pots. So, um, I'm working on those, uh, anybody who missed my summer work, spring and summer workshops. So I had fermented condiments, 
fermented beverages and getting started with fermentation for food preservation, which of course is the total introductory workshop that is just how to get started fermenting vegetables and how to make your vegetables last a really long time and why that works and how, and why not to be afraid of foodborne illness. That workshop is integral if you're getting started and you, if you like the way we talk here, if you, um, if you've heard me on other podcasts talking about it, you might really enjoy my workshops because I, of the way I explain things. It's not so cut and dry like it is um, when you look up someone's blog or, or other recipes online. You don't have to do things exactly right to be successful. There's a lot of variation. So that's what I really try to stress in my workshops. Um, and the price of my workshop is much, much, much less than other workshops um, that are similar from other experts. So if, uh, if you want to get in on that and you miss the live workshops, I am making the replay available. You'll still get the booklet that I make, which includes tips and recipes, and you'll still get access to the exclusive telegram group. And then you get a link to a private playback for one of the previous, um, workshops. So if you're interested in that, please just go to the website. If you go to the sign up section of the website and you select the, the workshop you want, and then you um, select replay only, um, then uh, you will just send the 40 uh, bucks to uh, either through Venmo or PayPal. And when I get those notifications, I'll send you everything in an email. And then you still have access to, again, me through email if you'd like, or through the Telegram group to ask lots of questions afterwards as you get started. Because that's where the real learning happens, we all know. You can take in information from someone else, but once you get that hands-on experience and you're going through those motions in your own kitchen, then you're actually learning something. And then you actually have really good questions and context and, and a ways, uh, you know, place to hang it on. That's what I always say. If you have, you don't have context first, it's hard to have questions because you don't have anywhere to, to hang it on. You know, you don't have anywhere to put new information. Um, so I think that this is a really good starting place. It's also a good way to exp expand. Like if you already know fermentation, fermentation a bit, but you've never thought about doing condiments, then take the condiments workshop got salsa and relish and mustard and ketchup and applesauce. And if you have done um, fermentation, but you, and you've maybe made kombucha, but you've nev never even heard of kvass or tapache, then take the fermented beverage workshop. That's super fun. We cover ginger beer and root beer and kvass and tapache and kombucha in June and water kefir and we briefly uh dairy kefir so if you if you're into, into drinks if you like drinking bottled um probiotic drinks from the store try making them yourself save a bunch of money and get into it it's really it's a fun hobby so any of those workshops that i've done previously are now available replay only um until further notice i will be setting another one uh dates for the getting started with fermented vegetables workshop in the future um i just want to maybe get get some new people aware that this is a thing um, so that we can get a, a new group of people in there all together at the same time. Um, until then, the replays are available and stay tuned for me to come out with some dates for the bone broth workshop and the sourdough workshop and uh, canning. So yeah, if you're interested in learning any of these skills and you think that I can help you online, I am available for one-on-one -on -one consultations. 
Um, if you want to have a Zoom call with me and spend 15 minutes, um, that's not no charge. Let's talk for 15 minutes and see if you think that I can help you in your kitchen. And that can either be pantry management, prepping, food storage. That could be private canning lessons, private fermentation, um, private sourdough um, troubleshooting. So whether you're either just starting something or you're working through some growing pains with something, I'm, I'm, I'd love to help you. This is my passion and something that I've been working on for myself for over a dozen years. And I really care about food and making it yourself and, and preserving it yourself and feeling secure with your food and how you feed your family. And so I'd love to meet you where you are and explore with you and see how you can grow and, and learn from you. So if you're into that, send me an email and um, greenerpostures at pm.me and I would love to chat with you on Zoom for a few minutes and see if I, it's a good fit for me to help you. So with that, I think we're all finished for today. I'm going to go get ready to go to the water slides with our little guy. I promise the great Chud X will be back the next time we have a podcast out. Um, I am considering starting a greener postures podcast. That would just be me talking about food preservation and other topics, home homesteading related. Um, if you're interested in that, let me know, tell me what you think about that idea because I'm not sure if it's worth it or not. Um, but I really enjoy the subject matter as you can tell. And, um, I think I like the podcast part. I like this talking about it more than I like blogging and writing about it and more than I like the the process of editing my videos uh, for YouTube. So if you might have seen, I have not posted a video on YouTube for some time now, a couple of months. I have some in the, in the can that I'm working on editing and I do plan on releasing those again, probably late fall and into winter. Um, but it's really time consuming and it doesn't fit well into my lifestyle where sitting down and talking to you through a microphone for 20 minutes or an hour, two hours even does fit into my lifestyle. I am able to work that in easier. Um, sometimes taking pictures while I'm making stuff is really a hassle, you know, like stopping, making sure my hands are clean, taking pictures because all of this that I'm doing, I'm also removing a toddler from standing on the table like 14 times as I do anything. Like I have to get him down and settled over and over and over again. So doing that while I'm trying to produce something and take pictures that look nice and edit those things and put them together, it's really challenging. So talking about it, I think I can still get information out to people and uh, it's fun and it fits better into my lifestyle. Um, so if you think that you would listen to the Greener Postures podcast, um, send me an email or um, let me know somehow. You can DM me too. Instagram, Greener Postures, Twitter, Greener Postures. Um, those are great places to get a hold of me too. So go listen to Monica's new episode, Deep Dives with Monica Perez. Um, Chud will be back next Wednesday when we release again. We have guests coming up that are going to be really cool and um, more to come as we move into fall which I'm pretty excited about and um, excited about this end of summer period and all of the things we've got going on. If you have questions, email me. If you have a curiosity about other things that we offer and you want a private co consultation, email me. Um, sign up for the replays on the website, greenerpostures.com. And please leave us a review. If you haven't yet and you have time, just leave us a review on um, iTunes or wherever else. It just helps the algorithm, as Chad would say if he was here, which is super helpful because we all of us understand what that means, right? Yeah, for sure. 
So thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye.